Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. Maximize your leadership potential and professional advancement and be inspired. We're delighted to be your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development from a women in business perspective. We share our original research, explore industry and workforce trends, and interview female executives, allies, and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things women in business, leadership challenges, talent management, organizational development, change management, and diversity and inclusion. Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. In this WBIL podcast episode, Angela Schill and I talk with AJ Brow about traits to develop to succeed in today's work environment. AJ Brow and Angela Schill, welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It is a pleasure to be with you. We're all joining each other from different parts of Utah. And today we're going to be talking about traits to develop to succeed in today's work environment. Angela and I have been prepping for this interview with AJ now for a while, and we're thrilled to have the opportunity to sit down and have this conversation. Um, I guess I should introduce myself. I'm John Westover. Uh, Angela and I are co-hosts on this episode. And as we get started, I just wanted to share AJ's bio with everybody. AJ Brow is a software engineer turned tech founder and proud mom. Wander is an interactive mapping platform that allows destinations around the world to create and distribute custom local interactive maps for their visitors. And so AJ will tell us more about that and her company here in a little bit. Uh, But AJ, anything else that you would like to tell us about your background, your personal context before we dive on into the conversation? No, I'm proud to be from Utah. I'm proud to be, uh, to have grown up in Utah County. And I'm really excited about the ecosystem and how it's building and and that Wander has been able to be a part of it. So I love what you guys are doing and I'm really grateful to be here. Thanks, AJ. I, first off, I was so excited to get online and take a look at your company. It's beautiful from my perspective. I just think it's really well done. And I'm curious if you can tell us, it's kind of a two-part question, but tell us a little bit more about your business and what it was like for you and what it's been like to be starting a company as a young mother in Utah and what that experience has been like for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll start by just telling the wander story of how we, where this came to be, what problem we solve and how, how I came passionate, became passionate about solving this problem. Um, I was on vacation with my family about 10, 10 or so years ago, a little over 10 years ago to Lake Powell uh, when I was 14. And I was, I was using this local guidebook and was really frustrated that I couldn't figure out where these places were you know, cause there's not really a, a map on in a guidebook or there is, but it's like paper. And, and so I was jumping between Google maps and this guidebook. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if there was a map that could work offline without any cell service? Cause that was important for Lake Powell and that had all this content, right. That was really easy to use that I could see, I could search it and look at pictures, all this stuff. 
um, a really basic idea, right? But um, the Lake Powell map app, I decided to build an app for, for Lake Powell. I started writing code when I was really young. My dad uh, bought me my first computer and um, helped me write my first, li first lines of code when I was about eight years old. Wow. I think, I think that's because I was making so many messes, building things and taking things apart that he's like, hmm, <laughs> writing code is a lot less messy than <laughs> this. So, um, but either way, I just fell in love with it. But um, so I, I was very familiar with, with software and, and I had kind of grown up in, in that kind of an environment. My sisters and I say that we, we grew up in, in the software industry because our dad was, is, you know, was very, um, very open to talking about, you know, what an API was and, you know, how the internet works and all that. And so um, anyway, leveraged some of those things to bring this app into the world. And it quickly became known as the best resource for exploring Lake Powell. The National Park Service caught wind of it and started recommending it to people. And this was a paid app. It costed $10 to download. Uh, local restaurants and hotels would recommend rental shops um, boat rentals, everyone was like, hey, if you're going to Lake Powell, you have to use this app. Like, this is the best way to get around and, and make the most of your trip. And the feedback from visitors was even more exciting. Like, we had people tell us that it saved their life. You know, they got lost after dark, and it was the only way they got back to their houseboat and things like that, right? Um, but people just loved this, this, this app. And the reason it was the reason I think it was so, so powerful for these visitors was because it had all the content that you wanted as a traveler and wasn't cluttered by the things you didn't want. Right. And the, the experience was designed specifically for travel and it had a level of local detail that wasn't available on any other map, right. Still isn't available on any other map. Um, but Anyway, and people weren't just using this while they were there. They were using it to plan their trips. They were using it while they were there to navigate. And then they were using it to share, you know, places they went with their friends, right? Hey, check this out. This is where we went. And so, you know, what I learned from this was, wow, a map is a really powerful part of someone's travel experience, not just in driving directions, but in every part of the travel experience. Um, but anyway, I was, I was playing... I was playing high school soccer and basketball at the time. And so I was really busy, kind of just moved on with my life. And, but I had other destinations around the world actually reach out to me and pester me and be like, Hey, we need, we need a map like this for our visitors. Can you build one? And so really explored that even tried building another one for the Wasatch mountains for backcountry skiing and stuff, but um, maintain building and maintaining these apps. You know, I wasn't super interested in, in, you know, maintaining a bunch of apps. I would just, you know, kind of went on with my life. Um, but I didn't experience the problem again, you know, that, that problem that I felt when I was 14 until I became a mom. And when Lucy was born, I, you know, as a mom, you now take on the responsibility of creating travel experiences for your family. Really, anytime you leave your house to go have an experience, um, that often lies on the mom, right? Mom and dad to create that, that experience. And as I was trying to plan and create these experiences with my family, I ran into the same, that same frustration of, wow, it's so hard to find things to do and to plan these experiences. So, um, anyway, I wanted, we wanted to go travel all over and, and just, I found myself really longing for these kind of maps. And so, um, long story short, uh, Wander is a software platform that lets destinations create and distribute really 
beautiful interactive maps that their visitors can use for, for any stage of, of the travel experience from planning, navigation to sharing things with their friends afterwards. So, um, but yeah, your question of what's it been like in Utah, it's interesting. Um, I, I had never seen anyone that looked like me build a software company before, right. Especially at my age. And, um, I, I am a huge like fan of, I'm a huge fan of Utah and I love our culture here, but I just hadn't seen, I hadn't seen a young mom build a software company before. And so, um, it almost kind of felt in the Provo, Utah culture where I was, which I, I love the Provo, Utah culture, but you may laugh at this when I say this, I felt like I had to come out as a young female entrepreneur. <laughs> like I really felt like that's what it was like. Right. Love um, it. So so that was interesting and, you know, had some eyebrow raises of people like, don't you love your daughter? Like, what are you doing? Like, you have this beautiful daughter. Why are you, why don't you want to be just home with her all day, like playing with her on the floor and everything? And, and uh, it was really hard for me. Um, I'm that it's really difficult for me to like, my brain just needs to be engaged. Um, and so we've, my husband and I, we've had quite a journey figuring out what's best for our family. And so um, anyone that wants to talk through that, that's listening, like I always love to talk through because it's, it's difficult and it's different for every family and um, what's best for what's best for every family. But anyway, it's been difficult, but um, very worthwhile. And um, we are at a very, very happy place in our marriage and in our family because we've been able to figure out uh, ways to support each other and, 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 um, yeah, as a little family. So it's been, it's been great. Can I just ask, um, I mean, I hope, I hope as people are listening to your story, uh, people quickly realize that it's, it's quite the false dichotomy and the fallacy to, to think that you either are a devoted, loving mother, or you're someone who can start a successful business. Mm -hmm. Like certainly, certainly there's room to do both. Um, and you know, we need to break down those kind of those stereotypes, I think, um, but I, I have experienced that with my own wife, um, you know, the gendered stereotypes and just the, the kind of the social pressures that she's felt. Uh, she also has a doctorate. She's a professor. Um, wow. she, you know, so, you know, she's very, like, like you said, she, she, she teaches math and stats and like, she, she wants to be fully engaged in those sorts of things. And she has six amazing children and she loves her children. And she, wow. you know, like it, you don't have to decide it's one or the other, um, right. but it does take support. I would like to think that I've been a supportive husband as she's gone through that journey. Um, but it, it just requires every family to look at their own circumstances and decide what, you know, what their needs are and what works best for them. Cause just because something works for my family doesn't mean it's going to work for your family or Angela's family or whatever. Like we're all in different situations. Uh, and, and again, just breaking down this idea that there's kind of this this dichotomy of, of how we, we have to make these decisions, I think is really important. Oh my goodness. I love how you said that. And it really is so different for every family um, and support. That is, that is the key word there. Um, it takes a village. It really does. And different resources, you know, different, um, I like to call it early childhood education, right? Different, <laughs> different areas. I don't like the word childcare. Like, I just really don't like the word. <laughs> um, I think that, um, and the school we have found um, is is very much a school. She started, Lucy started when she was two. And it, uh, so that's how we see it is Lucy goes to school and mom, mom works. And then 
mom and dad and Lucy are all home by four o'clock and we play until, you know, seven thirty-eight, and then weekends are just party time. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what works for our family. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could talk about this for forever. I'm sure you have can, other, can I, other things yeah, to talk can about. I, can I just follow up? So, you know, you, you referred to a little bit to some of the, the norms and the culture surrounding, mm-hmm. you know, your situation. I, I'm wondering how you, you know, responded to that initially. I know for my wife, that was something she really struggled with and she, she had to work through because um, she just felt a lot of mom guilt, shall I say? I, I don't know what the best term for that is. Um, and it wasn't, I don't feel like I was putting that on her, I, but she was definitely feeling it. Um, how did you work through that and get to the place where you and your husband, you know, for your family could, could make those types of decisions and feel good about it? Oh goodness. Um, I think, I think you're right there. I experienced a lot of, I I remember just feeling like, okay, what is right? Like, what is right? I don't know what right is. I just want to do what's right. Like, and this doesn't feel right. And this doesn't feel right. And, um, I grew up believing this and just what is right. Um, and just quite frankly, I mean, a lot of people uh, will probably relate to this, but just a lot of prayer of, what the heck is, and pondering, right? Thinking through the different things. Um, however, you know, people personally um, find answers to these deep life questions that we all have. Like that is, that was the big question for me is what is right? And ultimately um, it was, it was messy. It's really messy, but we've come to a really, really happy, happy place. Um, and I feel like this is right. You know, and it's very different than what my 18 um, year old, self or my 21 year old self, newly married self would thought was right. looks different, um, but it definitely fits and feels, um, it, it fits like a glove now. That's amazing. And I think it does take in different phases of life, some recalibration based on, you know, where we come from and what our values are and what we've been taught. And then what our lives look like might be a little bit different or a lot bit different. And I know for me, living in England gave me a different view and different cultures of okay, how do I want to take all these good things that I'm seeing, apply it into my world? And then still there's the mom guilt does crop up. And then how do I deal with that and address it? So fascinating to hear how you've done that. And really actually quite gratifying to hear that you're in a good spot and you've found that niche. And as an entrepreneur, my question to you is, I feel like we've heard a little bit of how your father helped prepare you by (laughs) introducing you to code at such a young age and all of those. I'm sure there's a lot between age 14. You talk about when you first started doing your initial app and where you are now and how, how would you suggest young people prepare to be an entrepreneur and to get into what have you done? And kind of, you talked about, it takes a village. What, what resources helped you get to where you are now? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think the thing that I don't think my parents were trying to raise an entrepreneur, but I think one thing they did well um, was they threw me into the deep end a lot. Like they were there and they were like either treading water or they had the, but they threw me into the deep end a lot. And I think some people need to jump into the deep end, right? And take a job that they don't feel they're prepared for. I remember my dad, I think I was like 10. He like, pulled out this old or this new radio and he said, Hey, the, the radio in the boat isn't working. Will you rewire the radio? Like, will you? And I was like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, YouTube it. 
you know, and I just figured it out. And I'm not an electrical engineer, not even close. And I didn't do like the best in school. I wasn't ever a straight A student or anything, but like they kind of just, because that's the thing with entrepreneurship is nobody has a, has a manual. Like nobody has a guidebook. In fact, like nobody's ever done exactly what you're doing. When you run into a problem, no one has ever, it's rare that anyone else, at least anyone that you have access to has ever solved that problem in the way that's right for your business. Right. So um, you really do have to think on your feet. And, and I think another piece that's important if, if somebody, you know, is to really figure out if, if this path is right for you, I think jumping into the deep end and having an entrepreneurial mindset is, and those capabilities are really valuable, like, and they'll apply to anything that you end up doing. But, um, if you really want to, you know, go down the entrepreneurial path, it's, it's not for 99.9% of people. Um, you can't just be, have the discipline to do it. Like you have to love it. Like you have to wake up and be excited to work for either no salary or, you know, a fraction of your salary and not know that it's going to work. Like the uncertainty, I think is what kills most people. Like the investment, the time, the work, um, I think, I think that's, you know, a lot of people do that and a lot of people do that in tons of jobs, but working for the, at the risk of it being all worth nothing at the end, right? Like that's the risk that you take. And, uh, and so it takes a special breed. My, I was at dinner with my grandpa the other day and he said, AJ, you need to stop working so hard. You're going to burn yourself out. And I said, grandpa, I don't burn out. I'm sick. I like, I, I have a sickness, like where I just, <laughs> I just love this so much where I'm like two and a half years into this and I still wake up um, and there are hard times and, you know, it ebbs and flows, but like I wake up at 6am just excited for work every day. Right. And there are some hard days, you know, uh, and there's always things you don't want to do. You have to just grind on the stuff you don't want to do. But, but like, I really, I really do feel like I was born to do this. I was born to build and create and assemble teams and mobilize resources and investors to build something that, that I believe is going to change the world. Like that's, I just, I just love it. It's so energizing to me um, and difficult and stressful. And I hit the pillow every night. So tired just so tired, <laughs> like emotionally and mentally and physically. Um, but, but anyway, so I think, I think you have to love it. I think if, uh, I really do think you have to love it, but in terms of preparing, uh, I think j just diving into the deep end and learning how to teaching yourself how to swim is in a lot of different areas that can be applied in a lot of different ways, but is the number one way I'd say. Can, can I um, make a suggestion perhaps to people? Because I think you're right, generally, the, the kind of the traditional model of entrepreneurship uh, is so high stakes and it's, it's you know, risk averse people don't tend to be entrepreneurs, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, what, what is changing though, it, and it's really interesting to observe, is that you have the rise of freelance work and the gig economy and it's, yeah. it's possible to lower the stakes to allow people to kind of wade in and dabble you know, to dabble in the entrepreneurial space a little bit in a way that perhaps, you know, they can still keep their main job and kind of do this on the side, right? Or they can, they can try these different things. And uh, Angela knows I, I do some entrepreneurial things on the side, um, but I'm a pretty risk averse person. And the only reason I have been able to get myself to do that, and I, and like you said, I love it. It's, it's, I love the creativity. I love just, I love um, trying things and 
waking up early with like all these ideas in my head. Yes. I love all of that, but honestly, I'm, I'm probably too risk averse to have gone down the path of trying anything purely entrepreneurial. If I wasn't also a professor, which is like one of the most stable possible jobs that there are. So oh, that's like my, love, that's love. like my main job. And then I do these other things on the side. Right. And so for me, it's been the side hustle. It's been like these little um, things to dabble in and then gain confidence and then being willing to try a little bit more. And I suspect that there are, are many people like me who, who might be willing to, to get a little bit more into the entrepreneurial space if they can lower the stakes for themselves. So they don't feel like it's an all or nothing. Um, they don't feel totally. like they have to give up their day job in order to try this new thing, because that's so scary to so many people. Oh, and I would say, I would say that is kind of diving into the deep end per se, because anytime you start a side hustle, you have to be like public with it, right? Like you have to go get customers. You have to tell people you're working on this, right? And it's scary. And I also think it's a really good way for people to know, find out if they love it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because mm -hmm. if you, if you are like, you know, not, if your day job is, you know, starts to hurt compared to you know, how much you want to do this other thing and you figured out a way to scale it to where it can sustain you and, and all that. Um, I think it's a great call out. And I, I totally agree with that. It, we've kind of covered this. We're, we're kind of delving into this already, but what are some of the other traits that you suggest that any of us need to develop to succeed in today's work environment? Entrepreneurially, of course, we've talked about that a little bit and I'm feeling just listening to the two of you talk I have my own secret stash of ideas in the corner <laughs> and it's so exciting to see your excitement and think I might pull that back out again. I might take a look at that and start. I mean, it's, it's, um, oh, I can't even think of the word, but it's inspiring for me to want to get going. And so I guess my question is what are some traits to help people develop entrepreneurially, but as well as just be successful in today's work environment with what you're yeah. doing? What's your insight there? Um, I think that if I look back at a choice I've made that has propelled Wander and just my career the furthest, in 2021, I made a goal to meet someone new every day. And that was like, I think that was still COVID, right? Um, so Zoom networking was not weird anymore. Like sending a <laughs> LinkedIn DM and saying, hey, um, hey, I I would love to hear your story. And I'm starting this company. I'd love your advice you know, I'm a, I'm an engineer about to start this company or I'm, I'm starting this company, have started this company. Um, and now I have, I have this network of people that, you know, I want to help. Like I've found ways to help them and we're helping each other. We're in, we are part of the same kind of community. Um, and I think, I think that's the other thing. I think the people that are genuinely curious about others and want to learn about them and want to find ways to help people, are are going to be more successful in their work in their finding new jobs and their networking and in everything i think being genuinely curious and just always looking to help people and getting excited about what other people are doing and helping them and then it's usually reciprocated like you know it's been my experience of um of people want to help you and if if you're helping them and that's not why you do it but it just usually happens that way. Um, so I think loving people and, and being kind and helpful and humble and all of that, I think 
that may sound different than what people thought a couple years ago, but I really do think that that's the success. That's the key to success in today's work environment, but also being really confident. I think being confident in your ability to learn and to take on challenges say, well, I don't know that right now. Like in a job interview, if somebody says like as an engineer, Hey, um, have you ever used node, you know, before Have you ever written a node? I'm like, no, but I can learn it. You know, I can learn whatever you throw at me. I can learn it. it may take me some time, but if you're willing to let me, you know, spend some hours on the weekends learning, I can learn it, you know? Um, so I think having that attitude, um, and then also I think finding good mentors, finding good mentors and taking extreme ownership of what you do. If you have a job um, under trying to understand what your manager is feeling and what your manager's expectations of you are, and then just trying to exceed them um, and, and having that team player mindset wherever you go, like whatever company you're at. And I'm, I'm bringing out wander core values as I'm talking, but, um, but yeah, just being that team player that will do what, what is necessary to help the team succeed. Um, but yeah, I, I hope some people will get some insights and have new thoughts from, from that word salad. It was good <laughs> word salad. <laughs> that was good. It's kind of just branching off from that. I just quickly, you, you talk about having confidence and moving forward in that area for you, you've raised, I'm assuming you've raised money. You've had to raise money and talk to investors. What has that been like for you and how, how does confidence play into that? But just some advice, I think for our listeners as well on how to do that. Yeah, totally. I think the hardest thing for me is, um, the hardest thing for me with fundraising and I'm going through that right now, we're doing well, but I think going from building the business, you have to zoom in to the problems to solve them. Right. But you don't, um, my husband gives me a hard time because he's like, AJ, when you're building a house, you don't need to go to the investor and say, oh, you're you're going to get wet because the roof isn't totally done yet. Like, you don't need to tell them that. They get it. Like, they get <laughs> that it's not, they get that that's why you're there, right? And so painting that big picture and instilling confidence, in, instilling the confidence that you feel in your business, right, to the investor um, and keeping it high level has been um and painting that picture has been a long learning process for me. Um, been fundraising for over, and we've raised um, raised three rounds now, and we just opened our um, our our second seed round um, with a with a term sheet from a lead investor. Um, but yeah, it's been a process. It's been a a crazy process, um, and seeing different fundraising environments, right? Where I think we got really lucky the the angel environment, angel investment environment in early 2021 was a lot, um, a lot healthier than it is. I think today, um, it's a really difficult to raise money at the pre-seed stage right now. It's possible and you can do it. And there are great investors like Convoy Ventures here in Utah this is an amazing, amazing group. Um, it's writing true pre-seed checks for founders and, um, for anyone, yeah, for anyone that wants to get involved with the startup community, I would, I would probably, the first person I would send someone to is, is probably Trent Mono of, of Convoy Ventures. They have some amazing events um, and they love, they believe in, in the rising generation in Utah. They believe that, um, 
they believe that we have a lot of work to do and great things to do in the world and here from here in Utah. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's been, and we are, we are backed by Convoy. So they're one of our investors and, and yes, we've raised just under 3 million to date. Um, and yeah, we, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been really fun, really wild. You just have to go through, you know, 200 pitches to, and get feedback and iterate on your deck and learn about how a VC operates. And it's just a mess. And it's just, (laughs) it's taken me way too long to, to understand how everything works, but we've been able to scrap it together and, and get to a spot where we're really confident fundraising and, and telling our story and, and showcasing where we're at and where we're going. Um, But it's, it's difficult. I'm not an expert, but we've, we've done enough. We've, we've, uh, we've been successful enough to get what we need. It's probably taken longer than it should, I think. Um, but, but yeah, I would, and I do have some resources if anybody wants, um, good connections on, um, people that are really good at fundraising that have helped me. Um, but yeah, it's tough. 3 million sounds pretty successful to me. I keep going back to the story of your, um, the story of your father saying here, rewire this, this boat radio. And that's kind of what I feel like you've, you have iterations of this have turned into amazing success of figuring things out. So it's, for me, it's just incredibly inspiring to hear and motivating. Thank you. I would, I, I don't wish the, the burden of having this much, you know, this, this type of uh, investment backing on everyone. Like it's a really amazing blessing and like we, we can't build wander without our our capital partners like we it's just not possible um but not everybody is ready for this type of pressure like you've got to you've got to perform and compete and you can't just quit tomorrow um and i i don't want to do that this is my lifelong dream to build this solve this problem in the world but um just make sure you you have the you have the drive to keep going and and i feel a responsibility an extra responsibility as a, a young female founder I'd say most of most of the people on Wander's cap table have never invested in a founder that, like me before, right? A young technical female founder with with a young toddler at home, like, um, and so, and so I I feel a, an added sense of responsibility to um, to help the next founders that look like me, um, those founders that ha- those investors that have do look like me or that have invested in us um, that they want to invest again right? It's like, oh, that was a good success. And, um, and then the ones that have said no, and maybe have said no for the wrong reasons of, or have been influenced in that way, they're going to look a little closer the next time, maybe, <laughs> you know, look past the, the messy pitch and just look a little deeper, you know, and, and think, oh, you remind me of a big success. That's what I, that's what I hope to do to the, to the VC landscape for, for those that follow. And, you know, and even if even if things do, I don't think they will. I really have a lot of confidence. But um, these investors will see like AJ worked harder than at, at least as hard as any any other founder we've ever backed, you know. And so that's the that's another responsibility I feel. Well, AJ, this has just been a really great conversation, and we really appreciate you spending uh, your valuable time with us and with the audience to share your insights and your experiences. It, like Angela said several times, it's, it's inspiring and hopefully uh, it, it 
signals to others out there that this truly is possible and uh it's it's something that uh that we should look at as as an option uh, amongst all the things all the possibilities in our lives and in our careers etc and uh, so thank you for that as we start to wrap up we just wanted to give you a minute to share with the audience how they can connect with you find out more about your work your team and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, well, thank you so much, both of you. And I I hope we get to connect um, after this more and stay connected. And um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's my favorite platform. Um, and you can find out more about Wander on LinkedIn or at wandermaps.com. And uh, yeah, we have we have a lot of exciting updates, um, specifically in Utah that are going to be really exciting over the next uh, next few months. And so go give us a follow and download the the Wander Maps and Navigation app on the App Store. And um, yeah, just really excited about what you guys are doing. Thank you for giving me the chance to uh, talk to you guys. And um, I'll probably meet some cool people out of this because it always happens that way in Utah, right? <laughs> um, so thank you so much. Thank you. We encourage our audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what AJ and her team can do for you. Check out her website. And as always, we hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And we hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.